Well, we're really glad to have the oats here. We're sorry we used up all their time so they can't speak. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to give them time to speak, which means we're going to go past our normal time. Can you handle that? But if you can't, if you had to be somewhere, it's okay for you. For, you know, you're free to come and go. You're not bound to stay here. But if you can stay, Gary, uh, I met Gary a few years ago, uh, just briefly. He actually remembered my face, uh, which is a good thing. For I guess it's a good thing. But uh, honestly, this guy really is somebody I think has. Uh, when he shared in earlier services, really very similar DNA. He's really the real thing, man. I mean, he's really got something real from the Lord. Uh, and I believe he's, the Lord's given him a word to come and give us today. And I believe not only a word, but I believe there's an impartation from the Lord that the Lord's going to release to us while he's speaking. I believe, I felt, when, while he was speaking, I felt the Lord, I felt a download coming on me while he was speaking this morning. I hadn't got him to pray for me yet, but I shall <laughs> before I let him run away. But So we want to introduce Gary Oates, and he's got a team with him. I'm, so we just want to give them freedom. If, like I say, if you feel like you need to leave, you're welcome to leave, but we're going to let him have time to minister, and if you can stay, be well worth your time. Amen. Let's welcome Gary. Thanks, Warren. It's exciting to be here. You guys are really blessed to have the pastors and elders and uh, leadership in this church. It's amazing. There's just such a real sense of family, and the Spirit of God is just all over this place. So you may not, some of you may not realize, but uh, it's really special what God's doing here. So I want to encourage you to, uh, you all hang in there and go for it. Yeah. I want to introduce my wife, Kathy. Come on up. <laughs> Good morning. Almost afternoon. Oh, it is afternoon. Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, um, we're just really excited about what the Lord's doing in this day and age. We're seeing breakthroughs in people's lives. Uh, you know, we pastored for 30 years. <laughs> and, um, and there were times during that whole period of time that I was having uh, problems and um, and there weren't the answers out there to get the healing that I needed. And so I sucked it up and kept going. And God is opening up doors uh, on the inside about healing the brokenhearted that I have longed to see for years and years in the ministry. And I mean, it's, it's way beyond, really, some of the programs that are out there for healing now. Uh, those are good entry-level things, and I know I talked with one of your girls here earlier that it's working in, in bringing freedom to people. But God is taking us into the realm, in the heavenlies, and we're seeing huge breakthroughs in people's lives. Absolute massive changes, that Christian, uh, changes about things that Christians would have put up with behind closed doors and come to church and still smiled you know, and been able to hold their own. But this is the deepest core healing I have ever seen in all my spiritual days. And it's been, I've had a long journey. So um, I just wanted to tell you all about that and, and tell you about a conference that we're having in March. It's called Healing the Brokenhearted. And the worship leaders will be um, uh, Joanne McFadder and Steve Swanson and Steve Mitchell. Now, Steve Swanson is P Patricia King's worship leader, and they're not normally a group, but we put them together for this conference, and it is amazing, the worship. In fact, people have told us we not 
ought not to call it a conference. We need to call it a worship. So if you all feel need of a breakthrough in your own life and you've sought and you've sought and you've sought and you've gone through inner healing and it's still not there, let me give you hope that this is the day. This is the day of salvation. This is the day of deliverance. I know things are looking bad in the world, but hey, what's happening in the kingdom is so much greater. There's so much more power available now that we're seeing so many miracles and signs and wonders everywhere we go. In fact, I prayed for a lady today that <clears throat> had um, some arthritic problems. And um, anyway, we did some broken-hearted stuff, and uh, the pain left her knee. She was in awful pain when she came in here, and it all left. So God is... It, it, you know what? 87%, according to a, neuro, uh, by a neurochemist, 87% of our diseases are because of stuffed emotional, toxic emotions. And the church has not really dealt with them. They've taught us how to stuff real good, but they haven't taught us how to get delivered from them. I'm not talking demons. I'm talking stuffed, toxic emotions and trauma and pain. It's a different camp altogether, and that's what Jesus died on the cross, to take our trauma. He took all that trauma so we don't have to stuff it and act out of it anymore. It's exciting, guys. It's an exciting day to be alive in, and I'm happy to be alive in this day. So bless you. We're going to be doing a conference here too, I guess, huh, in September? And all of this will be in that conference. Well, some of this will be in that conference. So bless you. Great. Chris, come up here. This is Chris Martin. Uh, he's in our mentoring program that we started in Moravian Falls. Moved here with his family from Tucson, Arizona. And God's been using him in amazing ways as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, everything that, you, that Gary talks about starts with getting to know the Father. You know, I, I've been thinking about this going on, you know, with the economy and everything going on. And it seems like most of the time the Christians are the ones that are down, that are bummed out. You know, and, and we need to be the ones that are firm and solid because we are so in touch with the Father and what He's doing that it just makes a radical change in every single person we meet. That is the core principle of what Gary teaches and what Kathy's talking about. You've got to get yourself cleaned up so that you can get connected with the Father and you have got to spend that intimate time. How many married couples do we got here? Raise your hands. Okay, now, any married couple that's been married for any length of time, you know that somebody can pick out a color or say something to your spouse, and most of the time you know, ooh, wow, they're not going to like that, right? Am I, and am, I, am I right about that? Yeah. Why is that? Because you spend intimate time with your spouse. You spend time with your partner. That's how you get to know your partner, and that's how you get to know the Father, and that has got to be the first and pri first main priority in your life because once you get that, everything else starts to fall into place because you see what the Father's doing and then you do that. So I encourage every single one of you to make that a priority no matter what. Okay, thanks. Thank you, Chris. Great. Um, we just uh, returned from a trip to Manaus, Brazil. Uh, we took a team with us. We just had an incredible time. In fact, Gene, wave, wave, wave. Gene was with us on that trip as well. Um, it was uh, really an incredible time. Manaus is a city a thousand miles down the Amazon River, right in the heart of the rainforest. The church that we ministered at was a, a large church. 
They had 20,000 cell groups. 20,000 cell groups, not 20 cell groups, 20,000. And uh, yeah, it's incredible. The place is electric with the presence of God. We saw so many signs and wonders and miracles. It was just amazing. In fact, there were 884 salvations. The healings were 2,119. Uh, blind or almost blind, 46 healed. Uh, deaf or almost deaf, 20. Lame or difficulty walking, 27. There were 52 tumors that disappeared. Okay? Is that not cool or what? Well, I want to tell you something. What God's doing there, He can do right here. Okay? The difference is, there, they just expect it to happen. They just believe it. They just believe the Word. <laughs> and it happens. And that's really cool. You know what? I'd like to invite you all to go with us to uh, Rio Hacha, Colombia in January. We're going there at the end of January. Uh, Rio Hacha is a city that's on the northern part of Colombia. It's a very safe place to go. They've never had in the history of the town an American pastor to come there to minister. So this is going to be a first. We're going to be ministering in several different churches. We're going to do two citywide meetings. And we're expecting a real outpouring of the Spirit of God. And we'd like to invite you to go with us. You don't go as a spectator. You go as a participant. Okay? You don't go just to observe. But you go and you lay hands on the sick and you see them recover. You'll see the blind eyes open, the deaf ears open. You'll see all that stuff happen. And you'll come back with your faith through the roof. It's, it's contagious. And there's impartation that happens. And you come back and you start seeing it happen right here. So you're invited. Uh, you can go to our website, GaryOates.com, G-A-R-Y-O-A-T-E-S.com, and it has all the information on there. But we're doing other trips to uh, next year to Colombia, another a couple of times to Brazil, uh, different places. So we'd love for you to join with us. Now, it's a real difficult time that we're facing in America. Uh, it's times of uncertainty. It seems like that the world is falling apart. And, and it's not just in the United States. It is worldwide, you know, what's happening. There are all the different stages of it, different levels of it. But we're experiencing the best and worst of times. It's the best of times for the believers who are seeking the face of God, who are pouring their heart out to Him, who, who have a, a, a pure heart before God, who are experiencing the manifest presence of God every day, who are doing the will of God, who are obeying God's word, or responding to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, it's the best of times. For those that have one foot in the church and one foot in the world, it's, it's a little more difficult. In fact, it's going to become a lot more difficult in the days ahead because when we compromise our convictions, we open the door to the enemy just to do whatever he wants to in our lives. We lose perspective on things. Our focus is on, on the news. It's on the television. It's on the uh, uh, newspaper that we read. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves in the spiral into depression and all kinds of stuff because our focus is on the wrong thing. So when our focus is on the presence of God and the power of God, our focus is on what God is doing in our lives, everything begins to change. And we start walking through this with our head held high. God will, wants to use you in ministering to other people that are really going through a difficult time in their lives. Because we as a church are placed, you're, you're placed where you are, where you work, or where if you just lost your job or whatever, in your neighborhood, be faithful wherever God has you. 
to be sensitive to his spirit, to allow the presence of God to absolutely overwhelm you, overtake you, and you change the atmosphere around you. Now, we want to talk a little about that this morning. If you have your Bible, turn to uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I want to read verse 18 and 19. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 and 19. Paul said, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. You see, all the struggling, all the disappointment, the, the economic collapse, the, the, the loss of jobs, the financial uh, ruin that is absolutely sweeping the nation, all of these struggles and all of these things that we're faced with right now are nothing compared with a glory that is about to be revealed to us. Verse 19, For the anxious longing of creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. All of creation is groaning and agonizing for you and I to come to the place of authority that God has for us, rising above all the difficulty that we're experiencing in the United States today, rising above that, being a model of what it is to be a believer. You see, people will be drawn to you when they see something different in you because you're enjoying life no matter what is going on in the circumstances that you're in, you rise above that and you see your circumstances in an entirely different light because you don't look at your circumstances through the natural eye. You look at your circumstances through the eye of the Spirit of God and what He's doing in that. You see the hand of God in your life to be able to minister to other people that are as bad off or worse off than you are or some that aren't as bad off yet as you are. You are there to be able to raise them up and to minister to them. People are going to be drawn to you because they're going to see something different in you. They're going to say, what's wrong with you? How come you're so joyful? How come you're so happy? Things are falling apart. Hey, listen, I want to tell you something. I believe that the believers that are really walking in the Spirit, that have their focus on the presence of God, are going to see major miracles just during this next year. You're going to see gas tanks filled up. You're going to see refrigerators filled up sovereignly. You know, you're going to see money appearing in your wallet that was not there, okay? You're going to see that happen. That's going to happen to those who are wholly given over to the things of God. Those whose hearts are, are totally and completely given over to Him. You're going to see those things happen because God's going to use you and as an example to the world. They're going to be knocking at your door wanting answers. They're going to want to come and get saved. You're going to have opportunities to pray for them for healing. You're going to see all kinds of miracles take place. But I tell you, if you get caught up in all the fear, the panic, the anxiety, the worry, all of the stuff that's coming down the pike, if you get caught up in all of that stuff, you're going to lose it. I'll tell you that right now. Keep your focus on the presence of God. He alone is the answer. Okay? Now, uh, we're talking about the glory of God. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with a glory that is to be revealed to us. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to experience God's glory. I don't want to just talk about it. I don't want to have an intellectual knowledge about it. I want to experience the glory of God. Do you want to experience the glory of God? Absolutely. Well, what is the glory of God? When we say the glory of God, you know, what is that? There's a lot of different aspects to the glory of God, but I want to give you a real simple definition. It's the living presence of God. That's it. That's it. 
It's a manifestation of the presence of God. It's a manifestation of His splendor. It's a manifestation of His power. And something happens, you see, when we encounter the living presence of God. Something happens when we encounter the glory of God. If you have your Bible, turn over to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33. I'm going to talk fast, so you're going to have to listen fast. And if you get through before I do, just feel free to leave. Exodus 33, verse 18. Then Moses said, I pray you, show me your glory. Now that's my prayer. God, I want to see your glory. I want want your glory. I want to experience your glory. I want to see your glory. Well, what happened? God told him. He said, okay, uh, chapter 34, verse 2. He said, be ready in the morning. In other words, you prepare yourself. You prepare yourself to go up on the mountain and present yourself there to me. In other words... We say, hey, I'm going to set my alarm clock. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going, to, I'm going to get cleaned up, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to present myself to him on the mountain. God told him also, he said, hey, nobody's to come with you. You come alone. Okay? You and God alone together block out everything else, everybody else. You and God alone together. In the morning, on the mountain. Okay? Verse 5. Well, he did that. He got up and he went up there. Uh, Verse 5. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with him as he called on the name of the Lord. How did God descend upon him? In the cloud. Hold on to that word cloud. Verse 8. Moses made haste to bow low toward the earth and worship. Now, what happened here? How long was Moses up on the mountain? Talk to me. 40 days, 40 nights. Did he eat? Did he drink? No. He didn't eat and he didn't drink for 40 days and 40 nights. Physically, that's impossible, right? You can't do that. You can't go without the water for 40 days. You can food. But let me tell you something. God sustained him because he was in the presence of God. He was in the glory cloud of God. And so there was total sustenance He didn't lack for anything. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you experience the glory cloud of God, you will not lack for anything. God will sustain you even though everybody else doesn't have anything and you don't have anything. God will sustain you supernaturally and bring you through the difficulty. You will make it. But... You got to get up on the in the morning. You got to get up on the mountain. You got to get in the presence of God alone with Him and soak in His presence. Let the manifest presence of God come down upon you. The glory cloud of God come upon you. And what happened to Moses? Well, he came down from the mountain after forty days and forty nights, and he had to put a bag over his head because he was glowing so much that they couldn't stand to look at him. And the same thing is going to happen to you when you spend time in the glory presence of God and you're going to, you're going to start glowing. People are going to look at you and they say, what happened to you? You look different. You're, you're, you're just radiant. What is that? That's the glory of God coming from you. That's what happened to Moses. He could go out and he'd talk to the people. He'd put a bag over his face. He'd go back in the presence of God. He could take the bag off. But he'd come back out to talk to the people. He'd have to put the bag over his face. Expect that to happen. Expect it to happen to you. You know what happened with um, Peter? 
Now, the way I, the way I uh, picture it, he got up in the morning. Peter went over to the... Uh, he, he got over in the corner of his room. He got down on his face and he just cried out to God. God, I just want more of your presence. God, just let your glory come. Just consume me with more of you. And the manifest presence of God, the living presence of God, came all over Peter. He was totally saturated and permeated with the presence of God. He gets up from an extended time there in the presence of God. He walks over to the door. He pushes it open. I can just hear it creaking as the door opens. He steps out. His eyes are squinting from the bright sunlight outside. And, and he starts walking down the dusty road. And they start screaming out, Hey, bring out the blind. Bring out the lame. Here comes Peter. Then as he walks by, they're going to get healed. Now stop and think about that. This is not the first time that happened, apparently. Because... They saw him coming. They said, hey, here he comes. Bring him out. Bring him out. So as he walks by, they're going to get healed. Right? Yeah. So this was, this was, a, this was a, a, a common practice. When he was walking down the street, what was happening? That word shadow literally means an effulgence. It means the divine radiance of God was emanating from him. He was so full of the manifest presence of God that he leaked. And it spilled out, touching everybody around him. And as he walked down the street, people were healed. You know what? It can happen right here in Mooresville. You can be so full of the presence of God that it leaks right out of you when you walk down the street. You walk by somebody and they got a hearing aid in their ear and all of a sudden it's too loud and they take it out and they can hear because you walk by. Now listen, don't limit God. You say, hey, yeah, well, yeah. Me? Yes, You. Okay? This is for every one of us in here. Every one of you. Every one of you. Take the limits off of God. Raise your expectation. God is the God of the impossible. He can do anything. Okay? And God wants to use you in this way in a dying world. In, a, in this next year that's coming, in the next couple of years like this, God wants you to rise up and set a standard that others are going to just cry out for. It can happen and it will happen. But it takes getting on our face before God and filling up with His presence. Are you with me? Okay. You understand what I'm talking about now. Over in uh, 1 Kings chapter 8, it talks about the priests bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the holy place. Now, what is the Ark of the Covenant? It's the presence of God. They bring it in into Solomon's temple. Okay? As they're leaving, what happens? The Bible says in verse 10 that, that uh, 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 what does it say? Uh, uh, that the glory cloud of God filled the temple. Okay? And then verse 11, it says that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Is this the house of the Lord? Yes. Now, what do you suppose would happen if the glory of God filled this place? Well, I want to tell you something. You just well get prepared because it's going to happen. It's going to happen right here. There's going to be such a strong manifest presence of God that you're not going to have to... This place isn't anywhere near big enough. It's not going to contain all the people because they're going to be drawn to the glory of God. Okay? That's exactly what's going to happen. Now, <clears throat> the priest couldn't even stand up to minister because of the cloud. 
I want that cloud. We were ministering in Brazil. We got went into ministry time, and we were just asking God, God, just manifest Your glory. Just let Your glory come. And and as we were, as we were doing that, man, oh man! I mean, the presence of God just started over on this side, and it's just like, just like a steamroller. It just swept right through the room. And I was thinking, whoa! I mean, people started crying out. All kinds of stuff started happening. And I was weaving up here. I thought, man, I. This is, this is more than I can handle. And I said, whoa. I said, God, this is really cool. We want more. More of your presence. God, just let, it, just let it flow through here. Again, a stronger wave of the Spirit came through. It was like the first time, it was really strong. The next time, it was even much stronger. And I was, I was like, oh, am I, whoa, what am I going to do? And I looked over at my interpreter. She was on the floor. Her glasses came off. Her, the microphone rolled away from her hand. The pastor came over and he tried to get her up. She couldn't get up. I thought, uh-oh. I found another guy. I said, come up and interpret for me. He said, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I said, well, you know, I don't think you're going to have to say much. <laughs> so, God, we want more of you, more of your presence. And again, God came even more powerfully into the room. And as I was just weaving back and forth, I was thinking, oh, no. Now what am I going to do? It's like we got ourselves to this place. Now what are we going to do with it? You know, we got to manage this. We got to, you know, we got to do something. We need to sing a song or take up an offering or, you know, we need to. <clears throat> I said, God, what am I going to do? You know, should I, you know, do uh, altar call for salvation or, you know, healing or what? And God spoke to me and He said, Do nothing. He said, Watch what I do. And I thought, Uh oh, you know, what does that mean? And I thought, bring it on, God. Bring it on. Well, again, the next wave of the Spirit came through, and it was so strong, I couldn't stand up. And it knocked me from here over. I went this way. And I held onto the podium like that. My feet were, were glued to the floor. I couldn't move them. I couldn't bring them up under me to be able to stand up. And I thought, uh-oh. I started sliding down the podium. The pastor jumped up. He ran over and he grabbed me before I hit the floor. Guess where he ended up? <laughs> on the floor. There were five assistant pastors back here. Guess where they ended up? On the floor. The priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. We found out God knows how to run a meeting without us. God took my interpreter out. He took me out. He took the pastor out. He took the assistant pastors out. And God did what he wanted to do. Listen, I was on the floor for an hour and a half. I couldn't speak. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I was glued to the floor. And I, was, I, was, I could hear stuff happening in the room, but I didn't know what was going on. I left disappointed. I thought, man, I didn't even get to finish. <laughs> and I thought, you know, did anything happen tonight? What, what all happened? Well, the next morning we got in there and I thought, man, I'm going to find out. I said, if you were here last night, it's a big church, seats 2,000 people. I said, if you were here last night and God really ministered to you in a special way, something happened to you, I want you to come up and tell us what happened. They lined up. They lined up all the way down this wall to that, all the way down to the very back of the auditorium. I didn't get to preach that morning either. <laughs> the first person that came up said, uh, uh, it was a 25-year-old man, and he was born deaf in his left ear. And he said, last night, all of a sudden, he said, my ear just popped open, and I can hear perfectly. Nobody prayed for him, no organ music. Sovereignly healed because the glory of God showed up. Okay? The next person came up was a lady. She said, 
Uh, she said, I was standing back there, and she said, my eyes started burning. And she said, so I opened my eyes. I thought, saw three angels walk up to me. They touched my eyes, and my eyes are healed. I don't need my glasses anymore. The next woman comes up, and she's still shaking. She's trembling, and she holds her forearm up like this. And she said she had a disease that had eaten away the skin and the muscle in her forearm, and she had a big hole there. And right there before everybody, you could see God did a creative miracle, gave her brand new muscle and brand new skin. It looked like baby skin over that whole area. She was still shaking and crying over what God had done. It went on like that all morning long, one right after the other. The priest couldn't stand the minister because God showed up. The glory of God visited that place and things changed. You know, you can experience the glory of God, not just here, but you can experience it at home. You can experience it wherever you are, anytime. What was the first miracle Jesus did? <clears throat> Turn water into wine. You know what the Bible says about that? In John 2.11, this beginning of his miracles, Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. Every time God does a miracle, there's a manifestation of his glory. Every time. Now you stop and think about that. You see, it's the living presence of God. It's a manifestation of his splendor. It's a manifestation of his presence. That is his glory in the earth today. Now, we grow in our ability to entertain more of the living presence of God. Some of us can handle a little bit. Some of us can handle a lot. I want to tell you about Smith Wigglesworth. He went to New Zealand. God told him, go to New Zealand. He gets on a boat. It takes forever to get there. He gets there, and he finds some pastors, and he starts meeting with them to pray. And as they, were, as, they were, as they were praying, God, you know, bring revival. God, you know, they're getting the mind of God. All of a sudden, the presence of God started filling the room where these pastors were. And the pastors got up and they started leaving the room because they couldn't take it. The presence of God got so heavy, they felt like they were going to die on the spot. And they left the room. There was one pastor in Smith Oglesworth left in the room and this, this pastor was trying to stay there, but he couldn't. He left. And he said, ah. he said, tomorrow when we go in and pray, he said, I'm going to stay in there as long as Smith Wigglesworth does. They were outside the room looking through the window, and he was in there just glowing, basking in the presence of God. The next day they go in there. Again, the manifest presence of God comes. His glory is filling the room. One by one, the pastors get up and leave. And this one pastor sitting there, he said, I am not leaving. I am not going to leave. And he got to the place where he felt like he was going to explode on the inside. He couldn't take it not one second longer. And the guy crawled out of the room and left Smith Wigglesworth in there alone in the presence of God. You see, the more you have of his presence, the more you can have more do you know what I'm saying? Okay? So go for it because you never arrive. There's always more. There's always more. It doesn't matter what's going on. There's always more. So we grow in our ability. Well, you know, we were, in, uh, we were in Brazil. In fact, this was several years ago in Manaus in the city that we are in just uh, last week. And let me tell you what happened. I had never been in, at, at that point in time. This was, uh, this was in 2001. And the presence of God was so strong. I was up there on the platform, 
there was a, a deaf section over here. There were eight deaf people that were instantaneously healed, three mute, never spoke, okay? Their tongue was loosed. They began to speak. There was a man down here that was blind, and he was crying out, I can see, I can see. There was a lady in a wheelchair right up here. Her leg was deformed and crooked like that, and right before our eyes, her leg just straightened right out. You could hear it popping and cracking as it straightened out. She jumped up out of the wheelchair and started running around. I was standing there watching all of this stuff, and I, I felt like it was just, I, I couldn't take it. It was like, it was like I, 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 this was the ultimate experience in the presence of God. I had never seen anything like that before, ever. And I thought, God, you know, stop, please, I can't take any more. Don't ever say that. I said, God, I can't, I can't take this anymore. And God said, you haven't seen anything yet. This is just the beginning. And I thought, no, there's no way. There's no way. And I want to tell you something. Since that time, that experience paled in comparison to what's happened over the last couple of years. You see, God keeps taking us higher and higher and higher and higher, and we can handle more and more and more of His manifest presence. That's what it's all about. The amount of time that you spend in His presence determines the level of glory that you carry. Did you get that? What's the key? The key is spending time alone in the manifest presence of God. Do you know what I mean by manifest presence of God? Here on church on Sunday, we're worshiping God, and all of a sudden you can just feel the presence of God coming over you. Maybe goosebumps, you know, or you may shake or cry, or you may feel electricity or heat, or I mean, any number of things. This may be extreme peace. Or maybe you feel so light you could float away, or you feel so heavy you can't stand up. Those are some of the signs of the manifest presence of God. You can experience that every day at home, not just on Sunday. And when you experience that at home, your life will be radically changed forever. When you press in, that's when, you get, that's when the glory of God starts coming on you. That's when you become saturated with His presence because you're spending time alone with Him. And all of His stuff starts rubbing off on you. It becomes a part of you. And then you start acting like Him. You start walking like Him. You start talking like Him. You start changing the environment around you, just like He did, because you are full of Him. 1 John 4.17 says, As He is, so also are you in this world. Not when you die and go to heaven. In this world today, right now, as He is, so also are you. You say, well, yeah, well, I don't act like it. No, I know, that's right. You know why? Because we haven't spent time with Him. Do you, we become like the people that we hang around with, for good or for bad, right? That's what our, our kids, right? You know, they hang around the wrong kids, we got problems. They hang around the good kids, it's a totally different story. Well, it's the same with us. And the more we hang out with Him, the more we're going to be like Him. Okay? So I challenge you to spend time, set aside time every day to experience the manifest presence of God. It's one thing to pray. It's one thing to read the Word of God. It's vital that we do both of those. But I want to tell you something. Do that at a separate time. What I'm talking about is, I'm talking about going to God and not asking for anything, but just more of Him. That's all. That's all. Because when you got more of Him, you got more than enough to handle everything that you're faced with. 
Everything. Everything. When you experience the manifest presence of God every day, that manifest presence of God is not the goal. It's a doorway. It's the beginning point. It's the doorway into the supernatural realm of the Spirit, and that's when God speaks to you. That's when God ministers to you. That's when you can hear His voice. That's when you can see what He's doing. Just like Jesus said, you know, I only do what I see my Father do. I only speak what He says. See, then we start doing that, and everything changes. God gives you the plan for the day. He gives you wisdom. He gives you direction. He gives you insight. The gifts of the Spirit are released. You know, for years, I was praying, God, give me more power. If I just had more power, God, give me more power, more anointing, more anointing. I was praying for the wrong thing. If, you know what? That's a byproduct of the manifest presence of God. The more time you spend with Him, the more you become like Him, the more He can trust you with His power, with more anointing. Okay? The more He can trust you with more of the gifts and, and, and releasing, because, because it's done from a pure heart. There's a purity there. Okay? Just like you make an appointment with a doctor. You know, you may make it two or three weeks down the road or sometimes a month or whatever it is. Man, you put it on your calendar. You stick it on your refrigerator. You do everything you can. You rearrange your whole schedule to make that appointment because you know if you miss out, it's going to be another month or so. Well, how much more important is it to make an appointment with the God of the universe and keep that appointment and spend time soaking in His presence? Listen, it's going to radically change you forever. I'm speaking from experience. I know. I know. Okay? It works. It works. Keep doing it. The devil's going to try to talk you out of it every way he can. He don't want you doing it because he knows what happens. He knows what happens when you do. And he doesn't like that. God has a specific purpose for every one of you. Well, the, the enemy does too. Okay? Whichever way we vote throws the election. You know what I mean? Turn over to, uh, <clears throat> to uh, uh, John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Now, these are some of the most amazing verses. <clears throat> John chapter 17, and uh, let's begin in verse 1. Jesus spoke these things, and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Verse 5. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Now, you know, Jesus emptied himself. He became, like, he became like you and I. He emptied himself of his deity to become like a man, okay? So he's saying, glorify me uh, with yourself with the glory that I had with you before the world was. Hey, he's saying, I want to get back to, hey, that glory. That, you know, you remember that one, God? That one. Okay. Let's look down in verse uh, 20. Now, he, he, he's praying here for the 12, but now he shifts gears. And he said, now, I don't ask on behalf of these alone, speaking of the 12. He said, but for those who believe in me through their word. Does that include us? Does that include you? Yes. That's all believers. Okay that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, 
that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Now, we're talking about unity here. We're talking about unity with the Father. We're talking about the oneness. We're talking about experiential, not just theological, not just a theological understanding or a head knowledge. We're talking about an experiential knowledge of the living presence of God inside of us. Verse 22. Now get this. The glory which you have given to me, I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one. You see, it's the same glory. The same glory that Jesus Christ had with the Father before the foundation of the world, Jesus said, hey, that glory that you've given to me, I'm giving to them. I'm passing it on. I'm passing it on. Did you know, I think it's Psalm 19.1, says the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The heavens are declaring the glory of God. Well, what do we pray in the Lord's Prayer? Your kingdom come, your will be done right here on earth just like it is in heaven. If the heavens are declaring the glory of God, what's supposed to happen right here on the earth? Declaring the glory of God. And guess who gets to do it? We do. You and I. We get to demonstrate it. Not just talk about it. We get to experience it, and we need to let it shine. Okay? Let me, uh, uh, okay, let's read it again. Verse 22. The glory which you have given to me, I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, and you in me that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am so that they may see my glory. If you're going to see God's glory, guess what? You've got to be where he is. Right? you got to be in His presence. That's where His glory is. And the more time you spend... I'm, I'm, I'm sounding like a broken record. The more time you spend in His presence, the more you become saturated with His glory, His living presence. And everything changes. Everything... I'm not going to put this away. I'm not through. There's one more verse I want to read to you because you'll see why. Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. This is when uh, Israel was preparing to cross the Jordan River. Uh, Joshua had taken over the mantle from Moses. And Joshua chapter 3, verse 3. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant... There it is again. What is that? Talk to me. The presence of God. It's the living presence of God. That's the glory of God. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, of, of the Lord your God, with the Levitical priest carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Okay, here's the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God. Wherever the presence of God is, that's where I want to be. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to press in for it. I'm going to contend for it. I'm not going to let anything stop me from going after the presence of God. Let that be your motto. Nothing will stop you. Nothing will stand in the way of you pursuing with everything the presence of God. Go after the presence of God. Why is that? Because in verse 4, right at the end, he said, For you have not passed this way before. We're preparing to go where we've never been before. God is taking us into a new dimension of the Spirit. And the only way that we're going to get there is to pursue the presence of God. 
Forget pursuing the things of the world, all the worldly pursuits, the lusts of the flesh, all of that stuff. Let all of it go. Let it fall and pursue the presence of God. My prayer is that this place become known as a place of the presence of God where God's glory is manifested. This place will begin to glow. People will wonder what's going on over here because in great darkness there will be a, a shining light coming out of this place. We pursue the manifest presence of God as a doorway to the supernatural realm of the Spirit. And that's when God takes care of all of your needs. God gives you wisdom. Everything starts hitting on all cylinders. No matter what, no matter how bad things are getting in the world, no matter what's crumbling all around you, God is putting you there to be a a stabilizing force and one who is going to rise to the occasion and is going to be able to minister to those that are hurting, those that are needing. And your next-door neighbor may be totally destitute and not have a drop of food, and all of a sudden, food appears on your table for the purpose of taking it next door and giving it to them. And when you give it to them, it's going to multiply again in your house. Expect it to happen. It's the glory of God, and God wants to declare His glory right here on the earth. And that's what we're doing this morning. I don't know about you, but I want it. Do you want it? How do you get it? How do you get it? How do you get it? Okay, here's your challenge. The challenge is simply this. Set aside time every day to seek the face of God and to experience His manifest presence. Every day. Don't stop until you experience His manifest presence. In the beginning, it's going to take a while. It's not going to come quickly, okay? But as you press in as you have that breakthrough into the realm of the Spirit, then that's when everything's going to change. I'm going to tell you something. You say, well, I don't have time for that. Excuse me? We don't have time for the most important thing in the whole world? You know, as a pastor for 30 years, I was a charter member of the Martha Hall of Fame. Listen, I, I could do everything. And I could stay busy all the time working for God. Jesus, tell Mary to help me. She's left me to do all this serving alone. After all, Jesus, I'm doing it for you. I'm serving you. I'm working for you. Martha, Martha. You're worried and bothered about so many things. There's just one thing that's important. Mary chose the best part and said, the feet of Jesus. When I realized that, man, I tore my Martha badge off and I threw it away and I joined the Mary Club. (laughs) Because I wanted to sit at the feet of Jesus, not asking for anything. Not griping and complaining. Not asking for food. Not asking for gas in the car. Not asking for money in the bank. God, I don't want any, I, I just want more of you. Because when you got more of him, you got more than enough. God, I just want more of you. Well, she sat at his feet and she learned from him. Marthas are necessary in the church. Most, Martha, most Marthas that I know over 30 years of pastoring uh, were like Martha in the Bible. 
inside griping and complaining because they got left to do the serving and you know well how, how, can't somebody else help or how come I get left to you know all this kind of stuff. Well, I want to tell you something. When we when we when we get the Martha, I mean when we get the Mary anointing and we sit at the feet of Jesus, the the Martha anointing t- radically changes because we do what we want to do from a pure heart. We want to do it not because we have to do it. See, everything changes. Everything changes. Your whole perspective on life changes. I can't say this enough. See, our whole concept of our time with the Lord, I used, I'd read the Bible, you know, I'd read a couple of verses and I'd pray. God, you know, bless the missionaries, bless the church, bring in more people in the church, bring in more money in the church, uh, deal with the problem people in the church. Amen. <clears throat> and that was, my, that was my time with the Lord. Until I realized, hey, you know, like I said earlier, it's critical that we pray, intercede. It's vital that we know the Word of God, that we have it deeply embedded inside of us. Let's do that at one time, but set aside time, don't do anything but to seek the face of God. Not asking for anything. No griping, no complaining, no God give me this, God give me that, God could do this, God do that. None of that stuff. But God, I want more of you. That's it. I just want more of you. Just come and fill me up, permeate me with your presence. And then stay there until you experience the manifest presence of God. I want to tell you something. I am a passionate lover of Jesus Christ. I can't get enough of him. I can't get enough of him. It's the longing and the cry of my heart. And you know what? It's the longing and cry of your heart. Every one of you. Because God's given you a heart to know him in this way. We're going to rise above all of the fray all of the stuff going on in the world, we're going to rise above all of that because we're going to keep our focus on Him and on His presence in our lives. And we're going to be carriers of the glory of God. And we're going to change the atmosphere. We're going to, we do anyway, for either for good or for bad. We do. You do. Wherever you are, the atmosphere becomes what's going on on the inside of you. That's what the atmosphere is. Right? Okay. So, when you're full of the glory of God, look out. Because the atmosphere is going to change. It's going to change in a powerful way. God's going to use you. People are going to be coming to you all the time for answers because you've got them. You've been transformed in his presence. Okay? Let's stand up. Just seeing if you're awake. Okay, what we're going to do? I'm going to let, let's just take a moment, and I and and let's just ask the glory of God to come. Let's just, let's see if we can come to the place of experiencing a measure of His presence. Did I cut off? Am I still on? You're on. Okay. Because I want you, I want you to begin to focus on the things of God. Let go of everything else. Let go of the cares of the world. The frustrations, the disappointments, the anxiety, the fear, the panic, whatever it is, whatever you're dealing with, let go of every bit of that now and just relax and begin to put your focus on the presence of God and just start asking God for more of Him. Just to ask Him to come. Ask Him to fill you up. Okay? Let's take a moment. Let's just do that now. Father, we thank You for Your presence, Lord. We we honor you in this place and we say, God, come fill this place with your glory. God, let there be a manifestation of your presence. 
Father, just touch your people, each one of us, oh God, in a very special way. Some of you, some of you, God's just lifting off that depression, lifting off that uh, that anxiety right now. It's just you know, let go of it because the presence of God is here, and He is the one that will meet your needs when you let Him. Let go of the manipulation. Let go of the control. I say, God, I yield myself to you today. God, you do with me whatever you want to do. I'm yours, oh God. And Father, let your presence come. We ask for more. More of your presence. More of your fullness. See Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And that word fill literally means that he came into the room, but more of him kept coming into the room. It was not just an instantaneous boop, the whole room was full of his glory. No. It was a, it was a process. He came in, but more of him kept coming in. Invite more of him now, more. Cry out for more. God, let your glory come. Let this place be filled with your presence. I ask him to fill you up right now with his presence, his living presence, that you be permeated with him. See, when you're in the manifest presence of God, sickness and disease can't stay there. You know that? You can receive healing today just as you experience His presence. You can experience freedom from, from those areas that have been troubling you so deeply. You can begin to see things from God's perspective. God, have your way in our lives. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh God, fill us anew. We're desperate for a touch from you. Father, I pray right now that anxiety and worry and fear would lift, that panic attacks would cease in Jesus' name, that the cares of this world would be lifted off now in the name of Jesus. More of your presence, O oh God, let it come. just in your heart just cry out God I'm desperate for more God come and fill me up let it overflow
of you God is speaking to, just open up your ear and listen. God speaking. To say, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. Just allow him to drop those nuggets in your heart. enough time this morning to really be able to to experience what I'm talking about but at least it's a beginning point maybe you did experience you know God spoke to you or or God gave you a vision or, or God confirmed something in your heart this morning but maybe you didn't experience anything it's like you know hey you know I didn't nothing happened well God wants you to press in the bigger the battle the bigger the victory And I want you to press in for it. I want you to go after the presence of God. Abandon everything else and go after the presence of God. He'll see you through the storm. Thank you, Father. just a minute we're going to have our, our the ones that have come with me some of them have been on trips with us uh, they're here we're going to be up front we want to minister to you pray with you uh, however but you know first I want, to, I want to tell you the most important part of this whole thing there may be somebody here today and you've never really given your life to Jesus Christ well this is the moment of your salvation that's why you're here today you know you, maybe you've just been running you've been looking for answers you've tried everything and but you've not found what you're looking for I want to tell you it's right here what you're looking for is not religion. What you're looking for is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And a family of believers that are going to encourage you, they're going to come under you, where you can experience the love of God. It's right here. And so, if you're, if you're that person and you say, you know, I know, I, I can't keep running... I really need to receive forgiveness of sins. I need new life. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? Just raise it up real high, right where you stand. Or sit, wherever you are. Just raise your hand real high. Is there anyone in here? Maybe if you brought somebody that, and they don't know the Lord, you came with somebody, you know, just poke them right now and say, hey, this is for you. This is for you. This is the moment of salvation. It's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Is there anyone that would say today, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to know Him as my Lord and Savior. Just raise your hand quickly. Anybody? Anybody? Well, we'll assume that everybody in here knows the Lord. If, if you're here and you haven't done that yet, I want to invite you to come up and talk with one of us at the end, okay? I want to really 
thank Gary for coming, and we're going to have a ministry time now. Uh, one of the things I was asking the Lord about this in the last couple of weeks is really seeking the Lord about our church, asking the Lord what He wanted for our church going forward, and what He shared this morning is what the Lord told me. Uh, and the Lord even gave me that Acts 5.15. And uh, the word he used, whatever that word is, the shadow there is really the Lord in a person coming out of that person and people being touched. And that's really what the Lord wants to do. So this is really a, a real confirming word for us the church. God's presence, manifest presence, which is going to really open up a door in the supernatural world for us corporately that we haven't had and individually. So if you want prayer, this ministry team's up here. You know, if you'd like to come up and just receive, you're welcome to come now and just enjoy the Lord. Amen. Thank you. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter who prays for you because God's the one that, that brings the, the, the results. Okay? So we just want to want to be available for a few minutes. Just encourage you in the Lord. Let you be set free.